Good morning. Whoa. I want to welcome you all to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the minister here. We're so grateful uh, that you're here. If you're a guest, uh, thank you for coming. We'll give you an opportunity to give us some contact information if you like. We want to make sure that you know we have copies of the sermon in the back if you're uh, hard of hearing. If you uh, need any, for any reason, you want to follow along with the sermon. And I'll be happy to sign that sermon at the end. If you thought it was amazing, I'll autograph it uh, on the way out the door. But there's uh, always a sermon back there. There's a restroom back there. Um, and we can get you anything you need. Uh, if, if you're a guest today, just let us know. Um, exploring membership classes happened last week. They happen on the first Sunday of every month in the social hall in between this building and the far building. And you get a chance to meet other people, learn about Memorial, learn about the United Methodist Church. I encourage you to come July 3rd. That's when everybody's thinking about church, July 3rd. Um, if you are a visitor, I hope you'll come uh, that day. You can learn more about our church. Um, June 26th, we're going to be recognizing graduates in our church community. Um, and you can help us do that. We think we have a good list, um, but we can always use your help if you would like a loved one that's in our church family to be recognized. Make sure you let uh, Beth know, let Paige know. Paige is going to be um, announcing our graduates in our 26th service at both 9 and 11. And if they're um, in the service, we're going to ask them to stand and recognize, uh, be recognized. Everyone loves to come up in front of a big crowd, right? Yeah, they love it. Uh, so we want to come up and uh, uh, congratulate them and pray over them. Um, uh, related to academics, Memorial is pleased to offer college scholarships to students. We have two uh, different scholarships, and we have applications not only in the um, back there, but also in the church office. If you have, um, uh, if, if you are a student or uh, love a student in our family, and you want to make sure that they apply for that scholarship, uh, we'll be gathering them for the next three weeks uh, before we make our decision after that for the upcoming academic year. Um, we have awards that we can uh, give directly to the institution, and we want to make sure that we do that with everyone that wants them. VBS begins today, Vacation Bible School at 6 p.m., and Leanna Morris is going to tell us about it. Good morning. My name is Leanna Morris. I'm the Interim Director of Children's Ministries here at Memorial. Our Vacation Bible School starts tonight. The theme is the Surf Shack. If you've been in the FLC, anywhere in that building, you've seen some of the decorations that I've put up for the week. Hopefully they'll last all week. We'll see. Um, but it starts tonight at 6 to 7.45. If you have a child who would like to come, who you haven't registered yet, you can send me an email or catch me after the service. I would love for them to participate with us this week. Um, Leanna also has good news that she's going to share with us this week that's personal. <laughs> On Thursday, I got a phone call from North Point Community Church in Atlanta. Um, it's Andy Stanley's church that I got a part in their internship program with Upstreet, which is their children's ministry. So I will be there starting in August until May, working with them. Yeah. Probably be strange going from Greer to Atlanta, Memorial to North Point, but she'll help them adjust to, I'm sure it'll be a, a little simpler atmosphere there, um, but she'll help them uh, come along. Um, a couple more announcements. The youth leave today on a mission trip, and there'll be uh, 15 people going to Atlanta. They're going to go and um, be split into different crews and have different opportunities to share the Word of God uh, with the people of Atlanta. So um, Paige is here today. If you'll um, express uh, your gratitude to her for leading our kids and uh, that we're going to pray for them in the coming week. And they'll be gone today until... Friday. We'll be back on Friday. Um, 
Finance and Program Council meet next week. Finance at 8 p.m., Program Council at 12.15 p.m. We used to meet at 4 p.m., which is some sort of worst concoction of a meeting time ever, uh, Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m., um, but we'll meet directly after worship at 12 p.m. in the social hall with uh, Program Council. I went to annual conference this past week and saw a lot of dear friends, and uh, the ordination service is always a powerful service. I had a friend uh, that was in the memorial service that was um, strong, powerful, hard. Uh, two of uh, my dear, dear minister friends retired, and I hope one will be uh, joining us in worship regularly and um, found out that I'll be definitely here for another year, which is fun. Um, that's right. Um, you know, there's just one question when you've been in a place at a year at annual conference and they say, how's church going? How's church going? And I said, um, well, um, it's the perfect house and the perfect town and perfect church, two great services. I have a truck in the parking lot, but mostly I walk to work. So uh, I'd say perfect. It's perfect. How's it going with you? That's what I'd say to them. Uh, so I'm so grateful um, to be back here a year. It's, it's been a... It's been kind of like a 90 mile an hour drive on a winding country road this, this tw these 12 months. And I hope this time around when we take that drive, I will have seen a couple of those things and uh, slow it down a little bit. Um, so I think that's everything. Let's uh, start our worship service.
first Back, Don. <laughs> Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, 
born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. Definitely heavy. I tried to move it one time. Don't do that. Inside of it is a bowl. What do you think we put in the bowl? Water. So water comes from all sorts of different serves, uh, uh, sources. Y'all pour the water in there. There you go. All right, let her have a chance. Pour the water in. Then do this. You can put your fingers in. You do it first. <laughs> Absolutely. You want to do it? Yeah. So we bring a tiny little baby up here a lot. We bring a baby up here and we get this water. And we do what with it, do you think? Where do we put it? Mm-hmm. On the baby's head. We say, I bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. We do that because Jesus was baptized himself. Do you think he was baptized in a church like this? No. He was baptized in a river. Some people get baptized in a pond. Some people get baptized in an ocean. And some people get baptized here, like this. Do you know that God loves every single one of those types of baptism? And we're going to talk about it today, how Jesus was baptized and how he reached out to us in the midst of that baptism. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for water in every place that we find it. We thank you for water in the refrigerator, in the sink, in our kiddie pool, in our big pool, in our creeks and rivers and seas. We know that you gave it all to us and we're grateful for that. And we ask that you help us to um, understand your message of water and hope today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Y'all can go back.
Our scripture reading for today is the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the day of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, every bit like the author of the 23rd Psalm, we have ups and we have downs, we have peaks and we have valleys. And at times in the peaks, we figure that we got ourselves there, and at times in the valleys, we feel no one can get us out. Remind us, Lord, of your loving presence in both places. And as we read the story of your son's baptism, of humanity's part. Help us to be aware of every element of this story, every angle, and to not assume that we are just in one angle and can ignore the other ones. Help us, Lord, to identify with each angle, the good and the bad, so that we may understand Jesus coming to us. Bless us, Lord, in the reading of your text in the interpreting of your text, and the understanding of your will for our lives. Inspire us, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and you also have the opportunity to pass the attendance register from one side to the other. If you're a visitor today, if you'll uh, note any sort of way that you'd like us to communicate with you, and we'll try to do that.
We continue in a series looking at creeks, lakes, and streams, scripture passages in which people's lives were changed in one way or another next to a body of water. Last week we talked about creation in Genesis 2 and the water coming up from the ground and everything being able to start from there and just being grateful anytime you saw a body of water. And today we're going to expand upon that with Matthew chapter 3, which is uh, the story of the baptism of Jesus. You may be very familiar with this story, um, but I'm interested in um, unpacking it according to the theme that we're in today. So Matthew uh, chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare a way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair, and he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first phrase I want you to notice is through the prophet Isaiah. That's an important thing to note to people who are trying to determine what is this John the Baptist saying and does it have any value? Does he have any authority to say such things? Tying him to Isaiah and quoting Isaiah to people who clearly know Isaiah and what Isaiah was doing is a great way to draw people in to the message that you want to declare. When Isaiah was called into ministry, he said, I am ruined. Woe to me. For I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. You know, when any sort of leader in any sort of field gives you a real sense of humility that that person has for that job, I think it is really helpful. When they give you a false sense of humility, that's less helpful. And when they give you no sense of humility, it might be time to put our resume out there somewhere and maybe get a place where we want to be. I think Isaiah legitimately thought, how in the world can I be called to this ministry? Based on what I've done and I've said and based around the people that I'm around all the time and what they do and what they say. Interesting, John the Baptist has a similar mentality. I'm not the one. I'm leading you to the one. And it's so, so hard if you have any success in ministry to remember I'm simply the vessel driving you to the one. I'm not the special thing. So when Isaiah was around, the people of Israel were experiencing uh, all kinds of sadness, the fall of the northern kingdom, and the Assyrian empire being after them. John the Baptist, in his time, is experiencing the fact that the Roman Empire is after them. Pretty much there's always somebody after them. And that person always, that entity always has more weapons and more money and more people and in many cases more drive. So two men living parallel experiences in their call to ministry 
And John the Baptist is careful to say, I'm drawing on Isaiah. Y'all know Isaiah, right? He's amazing. And this is the person that he was talking about. Verse 7 says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath to come? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not think that you can say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So, so far we have John the Baptist, who's in the image of Isaiah. We have people who have gone out there to see if this thing is real. You ever, you ever see a big crowd and you go over to see what that big crowd's doing? You ever hear that something is special and you want to go try it? You ever hear a new restaurant's open that's amazing you want to go see it? These people have heard that someone out there in the desert is getting to the heart of it and driving people towards the true message of Jesus. And so the social and religious elite go out to the desert too. And say, let's see what this guy's talking about. They wear clothes that set them apart. Sometimes being set apart by clothing is a good thing. People know, okay, this is a nurse. This is a doctor. This is a minister. But sometimes being set apart that way sets you apart from the people if you let it. John the Baptist says to those people who are set apart by their clothing, by their actions, by their words, by their authority, what are you doing out here? How do you know anything? You are worse than these people who don't understand. You're supposed to understand. You're supposed to be leaders. Why are you out here? Who told you to flee the wrath to come? And you know, um, there's nothing like a common enemy. We're a long way from football season, but there's something when you're a... Uh, let's, let's, let's pull it away from our region. Let's say you're an LSU fan, and you sure don't like Auburn because Auburn beat you last year. But Auburn's playing Alabama today, and you especially don't like Alabama. And so maybe Auburn isn't so bad today. Maybe we'll root for them today, just today, for three hours and 31 minutes, and then that's done. Pharisees and the Sadducees aren't great friends. They aren't buddies. But they sure are buddies today. They are uniting against a common enemy, which is this man out in the desert stirring up trouble for a person who has already stirred up trouble. Because this ties back to Matthew 2. Matthew is, I'm talking about action packed. The first chapter is the genealogy of Joseph. The second chapter is the infant Jesus having to go to Egypt, his family having to flee. Why? Because three magi came to the region and said, hey, y'all know where the king is? The new one. Not, not that one. Where's the new king? What do you think the current king thought of people saying there was a new king? <clears throat> what do you think the people thought about the current king being upset? No, no. That is very bad for business and bad for our health. We don't want that either. The king didn't want it. Jerusalem didn't want it. Jesus had to flee. It skips to him being here. And John the Baptist is stirring these people up out in the desert. And he uses a metaphor of snakes with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. What do we know about a snake in Scripture? 
Manoah 1 at least, who deterred the original people away from the original message. So you, who were supposed to tell people what to do, are taking them off course. So you have John the Baptist in the vein of Isaiah, the people coming out there, and now the social and religious elite are all out in this crowd. John says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. That's what I asked the nine o'clock people. Does that sound promising? Does that, does that sound amazing that this person's coming? Um, he's coming with fire, and he's going to separate us from the ones who have it and the ones who don't, and that is going to be unquenchable fire. Does that sound amazing? That might be frightening. We've discussed John, and we've discussed the leaders. How about the people? The Romans are after these people. They're splitting these people. They're asking their neighbors to be tax collectors. They're pulling their families apart. This guy, John the Baptist, is just crushing our leaders. And someone even more intense is coming with a fire and a winnowing fork. That seems kind of distressing. Destabilizing. Verse 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. Both John, but John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Would that not be one of the craziest things you ever saw? To see this crowd out in the desert? To see people that you've always seen as authority, you've always sort of looked down and not really said anything to them, just seeing them getting yelled at, screamed at by this man out in the desert? To see Jesus come along and baptize and then to see the skies open? What are we supposed to do with all that? No telling what those people did with all that. Here's what I want you to know in terms of this theme. It was in the river. And in the river, humanity participated in the beginning of his ministry. He said, you leaders are hopeless. You followers better prepare yourselves. Then John the Baptist said, wait, I'm not worthy. Which one of those groups did Jesus come for? The kind of interested population? The religious leaders who should have been straightened out? John the Baptist who felt like he wasn't up for this task? How about all of them? How about Jesus came for every single one of them? If you've ever been in a position of authority and you weren't certain what the truth was, 
if you've ever felt like, I don't know what I'm doing and I need to totally restart and figure out what this might be. If you think, I have this position and I'm not up for it, I have no idea how to do this job. Any one of those might make you draw closer to God, might make you pull further from God just based on your personality and based on that day. So not only did God say, I'm going to come to earth in human form so that you can understand these texts that have been given to you. Have you ever been on the phone with uh, tech support over some piece of technology? You ever been on the phone an hour? Two hours? Three hours? You are trying to communicate to them what your technological issue is. They are trying to decode what in the world you're talking about for what model you're talking about. And it's over the phone. And you may get a computer, 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 and press three if you need to press four, press three, press four, press two. Ah, oh, it's busy. Can you call back? And of course on their end, they're going, wait, you have a red button? That model doesn't have a red button. Imagine this person walking in your front door. Just walking in the door and just settling the issue and showing you this is how this iPad works. This is what you can do with it. That'd be dramatically different. In fact, the thing that you were talking about may have nothing to do with whatever the issue was. And if that person actually walked in the door, they'd say, oh, uh, well, there's a power button on top here. You gotta press the power button. And then all of a sudden, you're firing. You're going. Directly there, talking to you, having a conversation. Not only did Jesus come to earth to have those conversations with people, he consented to being baptized by that human. That's a whole nother step. A whole nother level of participation. So the question is, do you find yourselves worthy of that participation? You could think to yourself, I don't know. I'm certainly not up for that, but I'll come to church 50 times and I'll be good and I'll try to do the right thing Monday to Friday. We human beings are participants in the blessing of the ministry of Jesus. That's powerful stuff. So if you wonder to yourself, am I up for this task? Do I have the skill set? Should I be called to do this thing? That's a pretty good thing to wonder. Because John the Baptist did. And before him, Isaiah did. And before him, Moses did. And before him, Abraham did. You're in good place. Every single one of us has an opportunity to participate in this call to ministry. And I want you to, when you see a river this week or in the weeks to come, understand that in a river, humanity was a participant in the message and ministry of our God. Let us pray. Lord, many, many, many times we figure our lives are too complicated to get something done. Remind us of the level of complication of the people in our stories in the Bible the number of impediments that they had, the number of skill sets that they had, 
the number of weaknesses that they had. Remind us, Lord, that they became an instrument for your ministry. Help us as we see rivers this week to pray for your will in our lives that we may be used as an instrument for your ministry. Amen. Please stand as you're able and join us on our last hymn, number 605. said, how did the guest pianists do? I said, they did just fine, but we're happy to have you back. <laughs> Glad to have you back. Lauren's in the house too. If y'all see him in the back, make sure you say hey to Lauren. Pray for our vacation Bible school kids and leaders. Pray for Paige and the youth traveling to Atlanta, make, uh, declaring God's word in Atlanta. Pray for our church as we continue to strive to be what we want to be. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you. Amen.
Sir, 